This is the Provocateur Comedy Emergency Broadcast System. Thanks to the global pandemic, the Ram Comedy Festival 2020 has been canceled. Festival organizer Alex Leem is hauled up in a secret location in Derby until all this blows over, on the third floor of the Lord Nelson Pub, Curson Street. The Ram Comedy Festival Podcast. Let's have a look at what you could have won. Greetings, lockdown lovers, and welcome to the Ram Comedy Festival Podcast. Let's have a look at what you could have won. As it struck me um, this week after I did the first episode that we do have a really long title. So sort of musing about how to shorten it a bit, because I don't want to chop the subtitle off because it's necessary to explain what we're doing. You know, we're um, showing you the acts and the shows that you could have experienced if this virus didn't happen this year. Uh, so I did toy with the idea of um, just using an acronym for the subtitle. But that actually takes longer just to say the first letters of each of the names. So we'll see what you think. Welcome to the Round Comedy Festival podcast. L-H-A-L-A-W-Y-C-H-W It's longer, isn't it? It's a lot longer. Well, I'm thinking about it, I could just pronounce the letters of the acronym as they, you know, as if they spell out a word. Welcome to the Ram Comedy Festival podcast. La hell were you? Yeah, I think I'll keep that. It's good. Uh, so, um, since the last episode... Uh, there's been quite a number of other uh, comedy festivals that have bitten the dust. Uh, noticeably, um, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival has uh, finally gotten off the fence and said that they're not going to be doing it this year. And um, also everyone's going to get a refund. Took your time. Um, so, in honour of our uh, now deceased uh, brothers and sisters in the comedy festival world, I'm going to start a new feature on the podcast called... The Comedy Slash Fringe Festival Book of the Dead Where I read out other festivals which have now bitten the dust for 2020. Melbourne International Comedy Festival Coventry Perth Mackencliffe Comedy Festival I hope I've pronounced that right Sorry if you're listening in Wales Altitude Netflix is a joke fest And with any luck, Netflix will have um, made redundant whoever came up with that bloody stupid name. So, moving swiftly on, uh, on to our guest that we have on this week. Uh, it's um, noted and much respected practising goth comedian Elizabeth Vantar Black. Uh, so while I draw a pentangle of salt and chant I summon thee three times, have a listen to Elizabeth in action recorded back in February at the tap. A nurse that's doing the drugs actually has like an apron on, a tabard on her that says on it, drug run. (laughs) Do not interrupt. And I thought, I need that for the next time I'm going through an airport. (laughs) Um, But also, you know, they, they, they don't mess around and... 
one of the really amazing things was like they just asked you do you want drugs <laughs> you know like that I've been asleep and um oh, oh Lisa yeah yeah uh can we take blood pressure yeah do you want drugs <laughs> and I'm like either this is the best festival I've ever been to. <laughs> or Deliveroo has really up their game. <laughs> Elizabeth, hello. Hello. Join, joining us by the magic that is Facebook Messenger. Well, I know, they switchcraft. Yeah, I know. You, we'd st- <laughs> I make out that it's really trouble-free, but we spent ages trying to perfect this before I hit record. <laughs> so it's not, been, <laughs> it's not been completely trouble-free at all. Uh, so how have you um, been holding up throughout all of this? Because you've been in isolation for a couple of weeks as we've been recording this. Yes, so this is my 20th day in isolation. Um, not... Yeah, I'm not allowed to leave the house at all. Um, that's due to a damaged lung. I had something called a hemoneumothorax. Okay, which, I'm, um, I'm glad you pronounced that, it, not me, because I would have made a hash of that. Yeah, it sounds a bit like something from Dr. Zeus, I think. <laughs> so I, I imagine the, the hemoneumothorax coming for you in the middle of the night. Yeah, it would be uh, voiced over <laughs> by Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah, so I... Um, so, yeah, I got told, basically, you need to put a note on the door to keep people away from you. Um, and what, so and what note And what note did you put on the door? Well, originally, I just wrote F off. Well, it's to the um, point, isn't it? Yeah, but then, um, then the postman did a really sad face at me, and I felt guilty. So I put a, a smile in the middle of the O. Well, that makes it better, doesn't it? A little bit, but then yeah. this weekend I've just changed it. Um, so I've put a sign in that says, thank you, uh, and then in smaller letters, I'm not dead yet. Getting cheerier, that's that's a good thing. Yes. Getting cheerier, <laughs> slowly but surely. Uh, so while you've been in isolation, what have you been um, up to, to 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 keep yourself occupied? Um, so what have I been doing well? I've been making videos, um, which are goth tips for isolation. So you've got, a, I gather you've got a head start on everyone else though with, with isolation because, you know, goth life. Absolutely. I mean, goths invented the two metres distance between us and anyone. Um, also, we've been isolated and socially distant for years. So I thought I'd put some of my my wisdom into uh, into some very short videos, three-minute videos. Um, today I filmed one, um, which is entitled How to Stare Wistfully Out of a Window. Um, <laughs> okay, how do you, <laughs> yeah. how do you start uh, pre- uh, you getting yourself prepared for staring wistfully? What's, what's, oh, what's your process? Well, yeah, well, there's, a, there's an entire video. You need to watch that video because it's important to get it completely right. You need to have the right clothes, the right reading material, it, it's it's really important. So Music as well, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you need at least something by Bauhaus, preferably some poetry by Baudelaire. Anyway. Um, some absinthe. My mate, <laughs> my, my comedy guru friend, uh, Claire, uh, also known as Lyra May, she, uh, she videoed me today staring wistfully out of the window. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you say, you say you've got Claire... 
my, uh, my my colleague and friend as well, uh, Lyra May, to, to come round your house to video you from outside. Um, yeah, well, the, uh, she do, she's been doing my shopping. She's an absolute gem. She's a wonderful human being. She brings my shop in, and then normally what she does is a little dance outside my window. Uh, and sometimes I throw money at her. <laughs> you make it sound like a lap dance. <laughs> But she's she's just like the only human being I see, uh, like her and my mate Charlotte bringing my food round, and and that's it. And it's through a window. Um, but yeah, so today she filmed me staring wistfully out of the window. Um, but anyone, listen, this is a game for all the family. Watch my video. You can all have a go at that goth hobby. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so you, you be doing uh, you be doing goth videos. Um, you you notice there's been a there's been an increase in comedians doing online content, particularly like stand up online. So, what's your what's your yeah. take in the in the field as it stands at the moment and what's been churned out? Um, well, we we've had a bit of fun. I don't know if you've seen the thing about putting your underwear on your head. Yes, um, I did get tagged in that, and I didn't I didn't quite get all of it. Because uh, I know, yeah. I, I thought I was out on the count that I don't have any thongs anymore. 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 Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So that was just really good fun. You have to see the original video. I've actually put a link to it on my um, on my page, Dark Materials Facebook page, because um, it's brilliant and it's basically to a, it was to raise awareness of the lack of masks that you. Um, if you're not a medical professional, you can wear your thong over your face instead. Um, so I videoed that, um, and quite a few other comedians doing that challenge. Um, I had a slight problem, as you can imagine, with the white face makeup and the black underwear. It looked a bit dodgy. But anyway, Ooh, yeah, we'll move on from that. Um, the other things I've seen, yeah... Well, first of all, I have to say with the um, like online comedy, I'm kind of leaving the pros to do the paid, paid gigs because mm-hmm. it's their living. Mm. And it must be really, really hard if you're professional comedians to be like, financially surviving at the moment. Um, but there's some, there's some believably nutcase things out there that some of the comedians are doing. Oh, yes. Have you seen, um, have you seen Truth Sponge yet? Oh, I, I've seen Truth Sponge. Tommy Tomsky. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's in the not right box. Um, but also, currently making me really laugh. Have you seen Sharks a Man yet? No. What's what's Sharks a Man? So Shams a Man, who's a Birmingham comedian. Oh yeah, I know. Started doing these little. Yeah, he's doing these little animations about a, a shark called Sharks a Man. And right. he, he's done one that's myth-busting the corona myths, and it's it's absolutely brilliant. Okay. All right. Now, that, that does sound up my street. Yeah, I'll go looking for that. Yeah, yeah cool. Uh, and then the other thing I'm doing is I've just finished writing a, um, a guide for new comedians. Oh, yes. Tell us more uh, about that. So what's so what's in the guide? What can be expected? Uh, so, yeah, it's, a, it's basically it's a glossary of all the terms you'll come across when you're new. Mm-hmm. Um, things like, I see, I didn't know what an open spot was. I didn't know what a topper was or a callback. So I'm working with Peter Fox, who does the Knots Comedy Review. Mm-hmm. And we've done like a glossary of the key terms a, a new 
comedian needs to know, but then also kind of etiquette and a guide to getting on the circuit and what you should expect and some advice and tips, really from the angle of me as a new comedian, but also um, Peter, who's been reviewing for a few years. That, that, that would be handy because there is, there, is no, there is nothing out there that you can sort of like just peruse because you do have to learn it all by sort of hearsay in green rooms and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think also what tends to happen is when you get it wrong, um, the other comedians come down on you like a ton of bricks and, you, you know what I mean, you just didn't know that wasn't the done thing or whatever. Oh, um, yes. And you end up with these big Facebook sagas, which, you know, are completely unnecessary. So it's, it's, it's on the Dark Materials Facebook page. You can have a look, look at some videos, all that kind of thing. It was a good plug, wasn't it? That, a very good plug. Seamless. Um, I, uh, I, the first thing that springs to mind that I was guilty of, and I shudder when I look back at it, there's a couple of things. One, after my second gig, I went out and bought a checked shirt because I thought that's what comedians wear. Right. For shame. Absolutely for shame. I thought it was, well, like, a, I thought it was like a uniform or something. So there's like there's several pictures of me is. in checked shirts, sort of like conforming. It was just bad. The other one, and I wince whenever this comes up on Facebook memories, is I was the smashed every gig man. Ooh. Yeah, about, I think I did it for my, like, my first 20. No matter how it went, I always put up on Facebook how brilliant it went, even if I died on my ass, and everyone hated me in the room. <laughs> Learned that one the hard See, way. Yeah. See, been a goth, I know everyone hates me, so it's, it's a great start. See, you had that innately in Bill. I just had it sort of beaten into me through experience. <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk about the shows that you were going to be doing at the Round Comedy Festival. So you were going to be doing two shows. Yeah. Uh, the first one, we were doing sort of two-handed with uh, Katie Zoe Mitchell. Um, yeah. Another goth comedian, so goth squared. Uh, now, we uh, cancelled the festival sort of mid-March, so there was still a fair bit of like updating with info uh, still to put in, and there was there was stuff that was still to, to, to develop. So, as it stood on my booking sheet, the only thing that I've got this show down as is goth thing, <laughs> which, which does, one, yeah, does it a disservice. Point, yeah, well, at one point it was goth weirdness. What you could have won, what it would have been called, is um, Still Death. Nice. Um, yeah, and I, I just did, so a little bit of background is I I run something called Her Dark Materials, mm-hmm. um, and it combines art, comedy, and storytelling. Um, and, and it comes from the fact that people say about me, her material's quite dark. So I just thought, why not, you know, name it? Um, but what uh, Katie, Katie Mitchell, uh, not only is she a very talented comedian, she's an incredible mm-hmm. artist. And um, I've got a weird background in, in the arts and also in heritage. And what we thought we'd do is come together and put on um, a kind of sort of life drawing class with comedy. Because I don't know if you've ever been to a life drawing class, but they can be quite boring. So it's the idea that you get a bit of comedy with a tableau attached to it and then sort of seven minute slots to sketch that and then something new it's the idea of life drawing but what we're we're calling it is death drawing because it would have a very gothic theme like it basically 
kind of influenced by things like, you know, the Victorians used to take photographs of dead people, uh-huh. also and anatomical drawings of schools, body parts in jars, that sort of thing. Little things set up for you to sketch um, and then go away and turn into proper drawings if you wanted to. So it's um, it was death drawing. I don't know why, death but I, I had it in, whenever I hear life drawing, I just instantly picture that there's somebody in the middle of the room that's nude. There may have been nudity involved in this event, which is why it was going to be tickets only. But it would have been tasteful. I've just thought, I've got, there's no curtains in that upstairs room in the Nelson. And it would still, it would still have been daylight as well. That would have been amazing. (laughs) Well, we'd have been, we reckon we were going to be absolutely packed out. We've got screens and also it's very tasteful. Um, you know, goths, lots of drapery, lots of black silk. So you, you would have made Probably. it look like um, the Adams family's front room. It would have definitely been the Adams family front room. And I think if you remember our conversation, which was like, um, who's on after us? And you said, oh, it's not for half an hour. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. well, that's plenty of time for us to clean up the blood. <laughs> it's a great sign of, you know, when you, you've you've been friends with somebody for, for quite some time and nothing they say phases <laughs> you anymore. It was, I was just one of those, ah, oh, fair enough, blood. Well, okay, whatever. Yeah. So um, that, that would have been, that's what we would have done. And we will do it again. There will be life after all of this. Yes. But yeah, that, that was the plan. Sweet. Okay, so the other, the other show that uh, you had down was um, the following Thursday at the Nelson. Yeah. And it was a mixed bill, female-only stand-up show. Yeah. So with her dark materials, it tends to focus on female and and acts that identify as female, that kind of comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had actually got lined up for that. Some of the most awesome female acts in the in the midlands to be honest and you know some established acts like Ishi Khan but also some of the really cracking new acts like Carl Davis and Hannah McWheatman so uh-huh. it was going to be an absolutely awesome lineup of really oh. powerful women comedians so why is it important that there's there's nights like this that are just showcasing just female comedy a couple of reasons I mean you know, I am a fairly new comedian. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been going, oh, you gave me my first ever gig, Alex. I did, yes. You know, and I'm always grateful Happy to days. You for, for that. Um, and that was, what, over just over a year ago. So I have not been going that long. Um, but it is a real struggle as a female act to um, to get gigs. But also, you know, I, I'm a fairly tough individual, but I found it intimidating when you turn up and the entire lineup is male. Mm-hmm. But also, it's, it's very male comedy. And I've often sat there with absolutely nothing to identify with. So many of the, the jokes, so much of the material, it, it's almost like an alien world to me. And, and there are some things that, are, that, that male comedians do that are relatable, but not always. And so I think it's really useful if you if you turn that on its head and you put on an all female lineup and you encourage women to um, to come along because they've got something that they can identify with. And it's not just for women to come along because I think men also can can find it quite funny because often they're relating to perhaps a relationship they've got with a woman in their life. Um, but I think it does start to redress the balance as well, where, you know, mm-hmm. on the whole, there are a lot more men 
in comedy than there are uh, women. Uh, and it, it's not easy for us to, to, to get up the ranks, as it were. Mm-hmm. It, just, it strikes me as sort of cylindrical. So, like the the less women that there are on the bill, any women in the audience will see it as like something that only men can do, rightly or wrongly. Uh, but if there's more more women generally on the circuit, then that will encourage more of a bigger uptake. Yeah, and I think also, um, you know, you you get trends in comedy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think audiences uh, they sort of they get used to something. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, if you start changing how it is and you change that slowly, you get um, you get the audiences almost well not retrained, but you're opening up their horizons a bit more mm. to see. Ah, oh, yes, women are also funny. So, talk, talking of trends, I mean, once all of this is over and done with, and we go get back to normality, um, do you see an audience appetite changing? As a result of all yeah, of this, yeah, I mean, I do. I think, um, I do think there'll be a real need. I, I think there'll be a real need for comedy. I think we'll all need to, to have a laugh after this. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the the day today that we're recording this podcast, um, within another month, we're going to see things get very, very serious. Mm-hmm. And I think that the world will know when we come out of our doors. I mean, I've been told twelve weeks. Um, when when we leave our doors again, the world will be very different. Um, and I think for comedy, it's going to take us a while to get up and running again. And I think no one's going to have any money. And there's going to be some massive challenges there. But it may well be that comedians are having to be more open to new ideas. For example, you know, what I do is, is in, I work in business. Um, comedians working with businesses for lighter-hearted um, adverts, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. There might be a lot of different things we we need to do in reshaping the future. Um, and I think the comedians that don't hold on to the past will be the ones that um, do well out of the future. Mm-hmm. I don't think a single person will appreciate a coronavirus joke in six months' time. I I'm with you on that one definitely because I think I think escapism. Will be yeah. will be in order. I think sketch comedy will have a big resurgence. Yeah, and I think I, I will not be doing a lot of my jokes about death. Mm. Well, perhaps quietly at home, but you so know. so really sort of like get a look at the big picture of it all now. So you're yeah, ready for yeah. the and I think what I'm writing about is very different from anything I've I've written before. And I think yeah, surreal, a bit silly. And escapism, you're absolutely right. Well, so just, this um, has got very serious. Hasn't it? It, it? it feels like I'm on Radio 4. <laughs> this is amazing. I've never been this highbrow. You've got such a Radio 4 voice as well. Oh, shucks. <laughs> and it's, it's a bit of the DJ voice coming back out mm-hmm. as well. It never leaves you. It never really leaves you. But I can, in fact, I'll ask the next question in the DJ voice, if you like. Oh, go on, please, yeah. So, going back to the all-female comedy nights. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's not working. No, I didn't, normal voice. Normal voice. I, I was, I was, I left myself stunned then for a second. Uh, going back to the all yeah. female nights, uh, you've had a lot of experience with um, all female nights and like, all female lineups and, and booking for just like women only. What sort yeah. of uh, resistance have you encountered in terms of putting stuff like this on? Uh, you know what, my my least favourite. Going to be honest with you, it's when you say you're booking a night and you get from a bloke 
If I wear a dress, no. can I be on your lineup? Oh, I hate that one as well. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I actually once said that because <laughs> I don't wear them. <laughs> but that blew somebody's mind. Yeah, you see, I don't wear dresses very often and they posted something saying they were looking for a female and I said, if I wear a dress, can I be on your lineup? <laughs> but it is slightly different coming from a woman. Well, if that was, if that was me that was the promoter, you'd be hired on the spot. No, no video, <laughs> just on the basis yeah. of that. But uh, the reason I, I get so annoyed when I get that is because it's an old joke. It is. It is um, hack. It's hack, and also you shows a complete misunderstanding of what the purpose is about. Um, and also, I think it, um, it's quite offensive to the trans community posting that sort of thing as well. Mm-hmm. Are you? So, um, have you noticed any sort of positive? impact of people um, like uh, promoters being more aware of having a mixed bill or has not much change Um, happened? I think at the open mic level the shift in the Midlands I can see but I think that's because female acts that are currently on that East Midlands well actually the whole Midlands circuit female acts on the Midlands circuit at the moment are um, we're bandying together Mm -hmm. We've, we've become good mates now some of that is due to Tiffany Pink and Judith Critchley uh, mm-hmm. in Leicester mm-hmm. but a lot of that is to do with and I have to give um, you some of the credit here Alex is that we've got some really good female friendly bookers and promoters mm-hmm. who are getting us on the stage we're getting to meet each other and we've created I think quite a strong network now um, of female comedians and we stick up for each other um, so I think it is making a difference and I think that is waking up the other promoters or the other bookers to see that you know it just makes your lineup miles better you get a diverse lineup you've got some for everyone in the audience what's the, the saying if you only have um, one voice you only get one joke yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I've been to gigs where, you know, I, there's a gig I think you were at, um, four guys went on before me, Hawaiian shirts and, you know, saying jokes about paedophiles. I think I remember And when you're, you're the fifth act after four of that same thing over and over again... And it's like, okay, well, is this what the audience want? And I actually started my set with, I'm sorry, I don't have a paedophile joke. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, and that's the problem. If you have uh, the same kind of act, you'll get the same kind of joke. Great if everybody loves that sort of thing. Not so good if you've got audience members who aren't into it. So I think having a diverse line of comedy nights is a good thing. Okay, so the the final question. Yeah. Which I'm asking everybody. Is how you're doing for toilet roll? Oh, you're gonna ask this. I'm, I'm a bit of ashamed of my answer. Oh, oh dear. Have you got a garage full? I have got a cupboard full. Absolutely. <laughs> but I feel that I need to. I feel that I need to clarify what occurred. Okay. And that is that in in January I came home from hospital and people started coming around to visit me. And because they hadn't really been able to communicate with me, people didn't know what to bring. So they were bringing some bread, some milk, some toilet roll, and things that they knew I would want. And literally nearly everyone that visited me from January through to the great national rush on toilet roll brought me some toilet roll. Um, So 
I have just been laughing my head off because I'm now using it as currency. <laughs> I just, I'll, if you can mow my lawn, I'll give you a toilet roll. Well, on that bombshell, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Elizabeth Vantar Black, thank you very much. Thank you. You have been listening to the Ram Comedy Festival podcast. Let's have a look at what you could have won. A provocateur comedy production. Written and presented by Alex Leem with special guest Elizabeth Vantar Black. You may have noticed Alex used his own voice to say who the special guest was, as he's too cheap to hire me on a weekly basis. Transmission ends.